Do you believe it's possible to communicate with the other side of life? Have you ever had a spiritual experience that you couldn't explain, but it changed your perception of reality forever? Are you the kind of person who has asked questions but failed to get the answers from mainstream religions and philosophies? If you are, you're not alone. And in this podcast, we will endeavor to answer some of those questions from a very misunderstood and overlooked source. This is the journey into spiritualism. Blessings one and all, and welcome to Journey into Spiritualism. I'm Paul James Caden, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about a very important topic. At least I think it's important, and I think uh, this is something that all of us should really consider and think about right now in the day and age in which we're living. And it doesn't matter where in the world you live right now. There's a lot of problems going on with society. There's a lot of problems in governments. We're looking at uh, pandemics uh, spreading across the globe. And so I want to talk today about how to deal with the chaos and upheaval in the world around you. Because let's face it, we're not given a lot of tools on how to do that. We're not given uh, you know, a lot of tools in our schools or by society or even by a lot of religions or philosophies. Most of the time, people in all of these schools of thought and uh, you know, different brackets of life teach us the same thing, and that's choose a side. Somebody's right and somebody's wrong. And then it will come down to the side that we choose is right and anybody who chooses a different side is wrong. And we really see that uh, glaringly true here in the United States, that we have uh, politicians that are so extremely dishonest in the things that they say and the things that they do, and people who side with that because they support that particular political party, uh, it doesn't matter what they say. They, they'll side with it. They'll fight for it. They'll make excuses for the bad behavior. Well, he didn't really mean that, or they didn't really mean that, or that's a lie. That's just a lie of the opposition or the fake news to bring these wonderful uh, nation-saving politicians down. It's it's a, a, a plot of the deep state or whatever it is they come up with to condone the bad behavior. And this is a very dangerous place to be in. And if you're in that place right now and you're hearing these words and you're feeling a little bit of a anger rise within yourself saying, oh, I know what you're talking about. I don't like this guy. You know, I'm going to send a nasty email or email or leave a nasty comment or turn this podcast off, well, then you certainly need to progress further into this topic and see what it is we're talking about here. Because I think we have some 
things to bring to the table in this discussion that's really going to make us all think. So if you're someone who's out there having trouble dealing with the chaos, you're feeling scared, you're feeling depressed, you're feeling nervous or worried, or you're feeling angry because you're choosing a side and the fighting continues in the media, in the governments, in the world, terrible things that are happening. How do we deal with all of this? How do we get a handle on all of this so that we can cope and not feel like we're going under or like the world is going to be destroyed tomorrow because somebody's going to push the little red button that sends the nukes crisscrossing through the skies of whatever nation we happen to be living in. Well, I think a good place to start for this conversation would be to go back to one of the earlier podcasts that I recorded uh, in this particular show where we talked about why are there trials and tribulations in this world? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to bad people? Why are there struggles? Why are there problems? Why do bad things happen at all? If there is a God who loves us, then why are we put through so many trials and tribulations in this life? And the answer that we gave for that in Spiritism and in Spiritualism, and this also goes back to uh, early Christianity and even Islam believe this as well, that we are tested in this world. We're not here. This is not heaven. This is not paradise. Our faith is going to be tested. There are things we need to learn in this world. Our souls are here to learn, to grow, to experience, to become more purified spirits as we make our journey back toward God. And again, even ancient Christianity and Islam believed that and taught that. That our faith, our souls are being purified through the trials that we walk through in this life, the fires that refine us. And somewhere along the line, uh, we've all really lost sight of that with our modern day religions that want, you know, God in heaven and Jesus and the angels, they all want us to be rich and prosperous and peaceful. And if bad things happen, well, it means you did something wrong. You did something terrible. You don't have enough faith. You know, life is supposed to be rosy because Jesus paid it all or God is all love and he doesn't put us through trials. Well, no, we have trials because God is love. He's hoping that we will learn and we will grow as quickly as possible to make our journey back toward him. And the things we learn here in this world are extremely important. Because when we die, when we leave this world, it's not going to be 
a magical doorway that suddenly were different. Anything we ever thought, all the prejudices we may have had, the bad thoughts, anger issues, fears, all of that stuff is still going to be there. It's still you. You're not magically transformed once you die and form a halo over your head and you're handed a golden harp and ascend into heaven on little cherub wings uh, singing hymns because now you're perfect. You know, you're like God, you're like Jesus, you're like the angels. No, you're still you. So when you leave this world, God wants you to be as wise, as loving, as kind, as compassionate, as purified as you can be. And he can't do that for you. A lot of people like to have this idea that, you know, snap your fingers, uh, you know, say a certain prayer, you know, Jesus paid it all, there's nothing more you have to do except, you know, say this particular prayer or believe this certain thing. But again, that's not what the early Christians taught. They taught that sacrifice of Christ bought for us and brought to us a state of grace. But it is our job to maintain that state of grace. Because you can step out of it. You can walk away from it. You can go back toward the dark side, if you will. And the ancients also believed that, you know, this idea that, uh, you know, some Christian groups have today, you know, once saved, always saved, say that magical prayer and it's a done deal. That is not um, what the ancients believed at all. So this concept, going back as far as you want to go into spirituality or any religion, they've all taught the same thing that spiritualism and spiritism preserves in their philosophy and belief system today. You have to walk out your own salvation. You have to go through certain trials and tribulations. You have to do the work. Nobody's going to do it for you. And you're not going to be magically, instantaneously a saint once you leave this particular world. So why do I say all of this? And what does this have to do with dealing with the chaos and, uh, you know, the upheaval in the world around us? Well, it has a lot to do with the subject, actually. Because when you step back for just a moment, and you look at the state of the world, you look how people act in society, you look how people act in government, you look at the terrible things that people in power do, the greed, the lies, the deception, the division, going out and spying on one another's countries so they can get some information to hurt a more powerful nation and bring them down, sometimes for what seems like a good reason and sometimes for no reason at all, just because we've decided that person is 
the enemy of the day. When we see all this going on, when we see people in the media lying, exaggerating, giving false stories to boost their ratings, when we see craziness going on like we're seeing in the pandemic right now, it's been going on for a while where people are making the wearing of a mask a political statement. If you wear a mask, you're for this political group. If you don't wear a mask, well, you're for that political group. And they will war with each other in the streets and in supermarkets. If you're wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, some businesses making a political statement that if you wear a mask, you can't come in because you know we're not we're not imposing that on anybody in the middle of a pandemic. So you know all these crazy things that people come up with, and it's even uh, you know kind of gaining some traction in some of the uh, uh, conspiracy corners that the wearing of the mask is a racial thing and it's only being imposed and meant for white people to cover their faces to hide their faces but for people of color uh this you know it's not being enforced at all they don't have to wear a mask they don't wear a mask and you know that is absolutely untrue it's unfounded you know this is something that uh someone came up with and they're they're choosing a side I'm right, you're wrong. My political affiliation is right, yours is wrong. My race is right, yours is wrong. But when we look at all of this, rather than choosing a side and going, geez, I have to pick a side. I have to pick a side because I want to belong. I want to be in some group. I don't want to be left out, or I'm afraid, so maybe I want to pick a side for who I think the winner is going to be, because when they conquer, I don't want to be one of the conquered. But we can't let these things be our motivation to choose a side, because this, this is a big one. We have to realize that all of those people doing all of those things, the people in society, the race wars, the prejudice, the, the people in politics and their greed and their lies and their dishonesty, well, they're no better than you and I. They're still souls who are here in this world to learn their lessons and purify their spirits. And they have been placed in that particular area of the world or the life that they're living for a reason. There is a reason that Donald J. Trump is in the White House right now. There is a reason why Vladimir Putin is in charge of Russia right now and the people that are around them and the people that support them. Their souls here for a reason. They're here learning their lessons and they will either learn those lessons 
and pass the test and purify their souls to a greater degree, or they will fail. Just because you're here going through a test or a trial doesn't mean you're going to pass it. This isn't New Agey philosophy where no matter how you shuffle the deck, it all comes up aces and eights. It's all good. Everybody gets a free ride. Everybody gets a trophy in the end. Everybody wins. That's not how it goes. You will pass and succeed or you will fail based on what you choose to do with what you have been given. So all of these people that individuals look at, oh, the elites, oh, you know, the, the, uh, the 1%, oh, the billionaires, you know, all the people that sit in power and the terrible things that they do, they're no different than you and I. And those trials, those positions that we have in life, no matter where, where we are, rich or poor, happy or sad, little or nothing, struggling or on easy street, all of that has been predetermined by God, by the heavenly realm, before our soul came into this world. This is not something that happens just by chance. Now, there's a lot of things written in the Bible and even in other holy books that talk about predestination, and there's always been a lot of squabbling over what that means. Oh, some people are predestined to be saved and go to heaven. Other people are predestined to go to hell. Well, that's not really what that is talking about. And that's not really what uh, a lot of the ancient Christians and spiritual people believed. But events, the life you're living and certain events in it, the position you're in, your station in life, has absolutely been predetermined. Because that is part of your test. You had to go through that. You had to face that. And some people have a very heavy load to carry. It's very difficult. But then there are some people who the test is, what will you do when you have everything? Will you use that everything to be a good person, to help others, to bring freedom and justice and love and compassion to your fellow man? Or will you hoard it? Will you become greedy and stingy and shallow of thought and emotion? And your only aim will be to get more and to help those around you who have everything get more because you want it all. More is not enough. It's the test. What will you do with what you have. So every decision that we see every person making around us right now, no matter who they are, that is part of their test and their trial. 
What are they going to do with what they have been given? And now we don't judge people. We don't judge people for going through their trials and their tests. We are to have compassion because we are all like little children who are growing up. You wouldn't walk down the street or walk into a house and see several children sitting in a playpen fighting over toys. Maybe there's two in one corner and they've ganged up on the third and they're taking all the toys and they're fighting and they're squabbling. You wouldn't walk up to that playpen and say, well, I'm going to choose the side of the two infants who have all the toys because they have it all. And I want to be like them. I want to be on the side that's prosperous and winning. And we wouldn't choose the side of the infant who's being ganged up on and say, well, I'm going to choose his side because he's the underdog and I relate to that. I was the underdog all my life, so I'm going to team up with him or her and help them get all the toys back from those other two little punks because what they're doing is wrong. Do you see what I'm saying here? Do you see how that would be the absolute wrong decision for a mature adult to make? A mature adult would try to teach these children how to share, how to get along, how to do the right thing with what they have. You're all in the playpen. You have to get along because you're all going to be in there for quite some time over the next X amount of years. So you can't be hating each other. You can't be taking from one another. You can't be hoarding everything in this corner while this, you know, child over here has nothing. There's enough to go around in the playpen. You have to get along. You have to share. Now, extrapolate that outward into the bigger picture of the world. We're all souls learning our lessons purifying our souls, making our journey back to God. And essentially, we're all spiritual children. We're all spiritual babies. The toys we have are just different. Our matchbox cars are now real cars. The houses we built out of Legos or the forts we built in the woods out of cardboard boxes and Random pieces of lumber and sticks that we found in the forest are now real houses. The paper money we had playing board games like Monopoly is now real money. And what are we going to do with it? Are we going to hoard all of the toys? Are we going to make war with other people to get what they have? Are we going to side with people that do that? If your favorite politician is just another soul, no better than you, it doesn't matter how much money he has, and he's making terrible decisions, and he's not 
he or she is not. Passing his test so very well. Is it wise to side with that person? Just because, fill in the blank, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm black, I'm white, I'm rich, I'm whatever. It doesn't make any sense. And there's a very simple test or measuring stick that we can put up against anybody's actions, including our own, to see if someone is successfully passing their test. If they're using what has been given them in this life to purify their souls. Very easy test. Are they walking in love? Are they walking in kindness and compassion? Are they living by the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Are they peacemakers? Do they truly have a heart to help and heal and minister to others with what they have? Or are they indifferent? Are they choosing sides? I want to help the people that side with me. I want to help the people that are like me. I want to help the people that listen to me and do what I say, and I'll reward them like little children with crumbs from my table. See, anything that doesn't measure up to love, compassion, kindness, and the golden rule, that is not passing the test or learning the lesson very well. And that is not something we need to side with. And if we are, we need to get ourselves by the earlobe and say, hey, wake up, walk away from this, stop doing what you're doing. It's like being in class Remember, and I'm, I'm sure some of you listening, I mean, I did this when I was uh, probably in, uh, I think it was the second grade. I, I was terrible at math. And I went to math class one day, and we had a test. And I don't remember, uh, I think it was uh, some of the times tables, and I was just terrible at it. You know, I knew a few of the answers, if any. I mean, I was lost when it came to math. So I got this great idea. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to just kind of go over to the edge of my chair and eyeball the paper of the kid next to me. You know, he's down there. He's writing numbers. He's circling answers. You know, he knows what he's doing. You know, I'm going to cheat. Well, did I pass my test because I cheated? I absolutely did not. Because the kid sitting next to me obviously was just as bad at math as I was. And this is a true story, honest to God. He failed, and so did I. 
I copied what he did on his test. And I failed. I may have done better if I tried to dope it out myself. Who knows? And that is a wonderful illustration that just came into my mind while I'm talking about this. And I think sometimes uh, God brings these things to our remembrance when they're necessary to talk about or remember. And I hope you'll remember that because when we look at somebody who's failing their test and copy what they're doing, no matter who they are, president, pauper, politician, pop star, whoever it is, if we're looking at them copying what they're doing and they're failing their test, then we're failing too. And we will fail. And that's a mighty big lesson to think about. So how does all of this help us cope with the chaos and the, the uh, craziness that goes on in the world around us? Well, it helps us step back and realize we're all children of God. We're all spiritual beings. We're all very immature, most of us, when it comes to spiritual things. We're all learning. We're all growing. We're all having successes and making mistakes every day. And Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin and, you know, the, the people protesting in the streets making uh, political or racist issues out of wearing a mask during a pandemic, all this crazy stuff, they're just all people too. And some of it certainly makes you scratch your head and go, wow, what are they doing? What are they thinking? And it's okay to say, wow, what are they doing? But it doesn't mean we go out and join them. It means maybe we should go out and talk to people, start a blog, start a podcast, do something to try to reach people to say, hey folks, maybe we're not doing such a good job with what we're doing. Maybe we need to back up and rethink this strategy. Because you know what? We are all just souls on a journey. None of us are going to be here forever. All the material things of this world aren't going to matter in the end. It doesn't matter how much money we have. It doesn't matter what kind of car we drove. It doesn't matter what political affiliation we belong to. It doesn't matter what color we were, what denomination of church or what religion we, we were. None of it's going to matter in the end. It's how we lived our lives. And I said this in another podcast, this is something that the ancients believed in and taught, and we've lost sight of it. And we need to get back to basics. 
this planet, this world we live on right now isn't going to be here forever. It's going to be changed. This system, the way it is, is not going to be the way it is forever. Believe me, there is a God. And eventually, that supreme deity is going to step in and things are going to change for the human race. And you're either going to welcome that with open arms and rejoicing, or you're going to shrink back in fear and terror because you never saw it coming and you don't know what's next. Now, that doesn't mean, again, you burn in hell, he's going to you know, send you to a horrible place. But you're going to go to a place that's not going to be very happy for a while until you can sort yourself out. And see, folks, when we realize these things, when we know these things in our hearts, then we really start to have a lot more compassion for our fellow human beings. And you can turn on the news and you can watch what's happening in the world and all the terrible things people are doing. And instead of feeling afraid, you just feel peace and compassion. I don't hate that man because of his politics. I don't hate that woman because of her politics. I don't hate that person because he's rich or poor or black or whatever he's trying to do, he or she. We have a heart to help people. Love, compassion, kindness, the golden rule. Now we're starting to pass our test. And we have more confidence because then come what may, we know that there is a world beyond this world. We know there's something beyond all this. This isn't forever. And that just brings us peace because we know it's not a bad thing or a bad place. And that, my friends, is how we cope with the chaos and the craziness that's going on in the world around us. We have to get that different perspective because the old perspective that we're hanging on to and practicing, choosing sides, I'm better, they're worse. They're worse, I, you know, all these crazy menageries that we come up with. It hasn't worked and it's not working right now. All we have to do is look around us in the world and realize it's not working. We need to change. We need to start studying, educating ourselves. taking our lives and this world in a different direction. And when all this really starts to gel within you, the chaos and the hecticness, it just doesn't affect you like it used to. You have peace when everyone else is up in arms. They're afraid, they're stressed out, they're anxious, they're angry. And then maybe, just maybe, you can go out there and plant a few seeds of real peace in other people's lives. We start that chain reaction of love and positivity rather than a chain reaction of fear and hate and 
all of these negative emotions that are swirling around all through our world right now. I'm currently reading a book. It's called How to Live, Inner Peace Through Spiritism. And that book is by Brian Foster. That is B-R-I-A-N-F-O-S-T-E-R. If you'd like to know more about the concepts that I'm talking about in this podcast, go on Amazon, go on your Kindle, go on the uh, the ebook stores, and you can find Brian Foster's books. That's How to Live, Inner Peace Through Spiritism. Now, I'm not being endorsed by Brian Foster. Um, I don't even really know him. I'm hoping, actually, one day to have him on the show. But he is a spiritist, not a spiritualist, but, you know, he, he really did his homework and he's got some really awesome stuff. And, you know, this particular book, How to Live Inner Peace Through Spiritism, uh, I'm going to try to leave a link uh, on Amazon for this book because you, you can't read this book and walk away from it without really thinking about your life, what you've done, what you're doing where you're going, the actions of other people around you. This, this is a, a real treasure, and I would recommend everybody to read this book. It's a real eye-opener. And um, I want to, if I may, uh, read something from this book before we close down the show. This is from Chapter 15 of the book. The title of this chapter is Unconditional Forgiveness of Offenses. And this is actually um, a snippet from a channeled session that came through a medium from a spirit named Johanna. And this spirit says, To fight the fires of anger within you, meditation and study should be pursued. Understanding that we have lived through hard trials in past lives and experienced disappointments in our current life. Coupled with the knowledge that we are all immortal spirits who have traveled through difficult episodes will enable you to look at actions from a higher perspective, which will help lessen the aspect of taking actions personally. Joanna says to handle anger at its source. When offended, the individual should express one's feelings to the aggressor, to friends, without complaint or sorrow. One should show that it is normal and that one deserves respect, respect, consideration as everyone else. She tells us it is also important not to allow anger to turn into resentment. Just like anger, resentment enables the body, or rather unbalances the body, and may cause long-term illnesses. God gave us feelings for a reason. As a primitive spirit, we need strong emotions of flight or fight in order to survive. Our path to spiritual growth is one of intellectualizing these feelings and turning them into methods of understanding, understanding others, and focusing our will upon the task at hand. Sorry for the kind of stumbling through them and a little bit of a uh, dimly lit room right now reading from a book. 
I'll continue. Once we comprehend that we are on earth to make mistakes, just like the child who must repeatedly fail before mastering whatever they are attempting, we too are shepherded through multiple lives to allow us to overcome our primitive urges and replace them with positive attributes which contribute to our eventual graduation to become a pure spirit. Spiritism promotes the 10,000-foot view of a story of many lives and experiences in which we shall intersect with people who have been chosen as helpful agents or obstacles in our path or for a specific purpose. Realizing this, anger becomes a counterproductive emotion, which only serves to delay our growth. Instead, with a foundation of spiritual knowledge, we understand our actions and the actions of others, and use that to determine our current spiritual status. Analyzing every episode on earth in this manner changes the focus from our emotional state to our progress of our spiritual state, thereby exercising the powerful, primitive agent of anger and resentment and replacing it with comprehension of the act in the overall scheme of our lesson plan. Once we are free of the clouding effect of our emotions, then we can move to unconditional forgiveness. And in a nutshell, I, I just thought that was a really great way to say, look at everything that happens around you, in the world around you, as people who are on their journey, they're learning their lessons, and some of them have been put in our lives to help us learn our lessons and us to help them learn their lessons. So when we see a lot of chaos going on around us, and even at the national and global levels, maybe those people are there to teach us all a global lesson. What are we going to do? How are we going to restructure our education system, our government systems? How are we going to make it more fair? How are we going to start taking so much importance off of greed and money and war and class and start putting that value on human beings, human life, and even more importantly, our spiritual life and growth and journey? And if we see all of these things from that perspective, then we handle the lessons, we handle the chaos, we handle all of the problems much differently. Even if everybody else around us is not learning the lesson and failing the test, and they're angry and they're fighting and they're doing horrible things in the streets and they're going to war, hold your peace. What are you doing on your journey? We can't walk somebody else's journey. We can't live somebody else's life or learn their lessons for them. That's up to them. We can try to help. We can give advice. We can give compassion. We can read a book like How to Live, Inner Peace Through Spiritism, and give that book to someone else and say, hey, give this a read. 
here's something that a lot of people scoff at and laugh at. Oh, spiritualism. Oh, spiritism. Ha, 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 ha. But they don't even realize how much depth and wisdom, ancient wisdom, are in these teachings. Now, this doesn't mean you belong to a religion. We have to get that off the board. This is just information that arms you as an individual to start making better choices for your journey. You're not under doctrines and dogmas and all of this sort of thing. In spiritualism and spiritism, you are free to make your own choices, live your life the way you see fit. No one's going to bar this or bar that, of course, uh, if you're doing things that are not of love and you're, you know, being terrible, uh, you know, that's not going to be uh, upheld as something good. But, you know, you get the picture. But we need to see and realize we're all here on a journey. We're all learning. And we need to start handling the effects of what other people do differently in our lives and try to help those around us. We're all children that are growing up. And one day, inevitably, we all will grow up. So don't get lost in the playpen. Don't get squabbling over stuffed animals and pacifiers and bottles and teething rings or whatever else is in the little playpen of planet Earth because you're going to outgrow all that stuff. It's not going to matter. And the more you cling to it, the more it stymies your own growth. And how would it look? Think of that illustration as well. If you clung to those things in the playpen so badly, so tightly, that by the time you're 30, 40, 50 years old, you're still in the playpen, biting on the teething ring, you know, playing with the stuffed cat, whatever is in there, you know, rattling the rattle. People would say, geez, there's something wrong with that guy or something wrong with that girl. He, he's 50 years old, but he's, he, you know, he's still in there with all the, you know, in the playpen. What, why didn't he get out? You know, there, there's so much more to life. Now, again, extrapolate that to life on earth, what we're going through, what we do to the bigger spiritual picture. How must they see us? How must God see us clinging to the things in the playpen of planet Earth? We have to leave the playpen, folks, and we have to help others do it too. Because this isn't forever, and this isn't what really matters. So I hope this helps. I hope you read the book, How to Live, Living a Life of Peace Through Spiritism by Brian Foster. I hope you'll pray on these things, meditate on these things, and start to get a different perspective and gain more peace in your life because it's a wonderful thing to have. As always, I appreciate you listening. I hope you got something out of this podcast. And as always, stay safe, stay positive, treat one another well, live by the golden rule, and I'll see you next time here on The Journey.